Welcome back to the Speedy Arrowcast. I'm your host, Dan Morin. It's been a long road, but we're getting close to the end. Uh, I I mean, hopefully we are at the end now. I guess we'll find out. We've got the rest of Team Speedy Arrowcast on hand. John Moltz is here. Hi, John. Hi, Dan. And I don't have a joke, right? I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's starting in a position of strength. <laughs> yeah, right. No way to go but up. Guy English is also here. I'm a little nervous because we're, you know, we're doing it live. We're doing it live. That's right. There's at least one person in the chat room. <laughs> it's a whole, whole different oh, kettle man. of fish. Just, you know what they tell oh, you? Is just pretend your audience is naked. It's fine. <laughs> Over the internet? Yeah, it works. Quite, why, could, could quite well, yeah. <laughs> why should the audience be any different than me? <laughs> we are, of course, here to wrap up coverage of season six of Arrow with the season six finale. Episode 23, entitled Life Sentence. And as I guess the person who uh, is going around shaking hands with everybody today, uh, I will do the recap. So we kick off with Ollie uh, storming the SCPD and Diaz's bunker with no sign of Diaz. Uh, The rest of the team shows up and Ollie reveals the reason he's not wearing a mask in front of the FBI uh, is that he struck an immunity deal for everybody. Uh, Oliver decides the best option is to talk to Anatoly. Uh, Anatoly, meanwhile, is uh, having an awkward conversation with Diaz after he pretends that Oliver is his sister. Uh, Diaz says that he has called in the Longbow Hunters, who were believed to be a myth, uh, and then gives, him, uh, gives Anatoly a note about where he will be in an hour, which seems really convenient. Uh, and then he vanishes... I don't know if that was a thing he could always do, or he's picked up some new tricks. It's a little unclear. Um, Ollie is starting off making his rounds by going to dig. He he offers him a green arrow suit, saying there there could be two green arrows, which honestly, really, seems like a really good solution. <laughs> right. uh, but he also apologizes uh, for his behavior and what led them to that. But Dig turns it down, basically saying that it would dilute it if there were two people. All right, sure, whatever. Um, <laughs> Anatoly the brand yeah that's right Anatoly in a delightful moment shows up and turns himself in um and basically mentions the longbow hunters who apparently scare even the League of Assassins although it's rumored the last one died in the 50s question um but he gives them the information on where Anatoly is going to be uh Quentin meanwhile is signing authority uh to Watson to operate in Star City uh, I like that his desk, by the way, just has a plaque that says Star City Mayor, because it makes me think that there's not enough time. They go through mayors so quickly right. that why bother? Why bother <laughs> having Oliver changed? has had the job the longest, right? Yeah, I think he is the longest tenured mayor, at least in the run of the show. Yes. But I just like that. It was in big letters. Star City Mayor. Because like, that's what you have on your desk, I guess. Um, Diaz calls Quentin and threatens Laurel's life if Diaz lets the FBI in. Or sorry, if Quentin lets the FBI in. Um, they think they have Diaz's location. The team goes in. There's a laser grid. There are bombs. It's a trap. Um, Renee calls Zoe and has a very heartfelt. Only they had laser freezing technology. <laughs> that hasn't been invented yet. I'm sure. Uh, Renee calls his daughter Zoe and has a very heartfelt conversation with her. Um, Diaz calls Anatoly and basically says, "Like, yep, I I figured out that you were betraying me." Uh, Renee saves the FBI lady from getting blown up, you know, basically goes back for her when uh, they have a brief moment to escape. The whole building explodes. Um, Oliver, back at the SCPD, apologizes to Renee 
I know at this point he's making the handshake tour, going around shaking a lot of hands. I was very suspicious of this at this point. Um, the team wants to follow Quentin to Diaz's location, which would get them Laurel. Uh, Diaz renegotiates with Quentin about where to go. Uh, Quentin and Oliver have a moment outside of the SCPD. Uh, and, and Quentin asks the question that's been on everybody's mind for the last five years. How did Oliver beat the lie detector way back in season one? Uh, and Oliver gives him just like, a you know, like, yeah, you know, it's just a thing I learned <laughs> somewhere along is the that, way. Has anybody cared about that? In the last I mean, five years? Reasonably trivial. No, no to... I don't think anybody has, has cared about that yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. I was, I, that was deliberate hyperbole guy. Whoa. Sorry. I'm Sorry. to keep it real here. <laughs> uh, Quentin uh, reveals that he has a pacemaker. I couldn't remember. I remembered the whole thing with him having heart problems. I couldn't remember that ever coming up before. We were upset because it was unresolved. Yeah, I think so we I, started in like midway three, uh, midway two, three, season and it's, three. No, it was definitely season three because yeah. that's how we got it was tricked into two, doing sure, season yeah. three. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, we were like, "Hey, whatever happened to his heart?" And it turns out nothing. He just fixed it. To, yeah, they, I mean, they put that one on the shelf, and when they had to wrap up the character, they just pulled it out and pulled so, it out. Did okay. something. Yeah. Uh, at, right, this, well, at this point, my notes read in all capital letters, why is he shaking everyone's hand? <laughs> um, Quentin meets with Diaz, and when Diaz is sort of being cagey, Quentin basically comes clean and says the FBI is tracking him by satellite uh, so that he tricks Diaz essentially into taking him to wherever he's holding Laurel, but Oliver figures out that Quentin told him he had a pacemaker so that they could track it, which raises the question, like, why didn't Quentin just be like, by the way, I have a pacemaker. You can track it. <laughs> there was yeah, no, re- no reason I to be understand. so circumlocutious about it. <laughs> so I just tried, I just rewatched it again, and I was trying to figure that out, because Ollie was trying to say, just go along with me, and it'll work out. So maybe Quentin didn't want to tell him that his plan was to not follow the fbi plan and to go along yeah i think that yeah i mean like if he if he had said that then maybe oliver would have tried to stop him yeah maybe maybe or, but or, the other thing is it's like he can say that look if anything goes wrong track me with my pacemaker you know I, I like to think of it as quentin taking a page from oliver's playbook <laughs> just the <laughs> i'm gonna run a plan and not tell anybody yeah, right. else what it yeah. is yeah yeah um you get to run plans all the time yeah it's my turn uh oliver apologizes to dinah as well handshake um and felicity at this point starts to get suspicious and asks what all of oliver had to give watson to get her help uh and oliver i think says it was my idea but he doesn't really go into what the what it is um meanwhile uh quentin is taken to laurel diaz threatens her a bunch and then eventually goes to shoot her and quentin takes a bullet for her laurel refuses to help diaz Oliver and crew show up at Diaz's hideout. Hideout Dinah goes to free Laurel and help Quentin. Uh, Oliver shoots, uh, chases Diaz to the roof, shoots the phone out of his hand, then disarms him. And he's, you know, getting ready to bring him in. And Diaz is taunting him that you can't kill me like so many villains have done before. When Laurel shows up really angry and uses her sonic scream to blow Diaz off the roof into the water, really pissing Oliver off. Because, of course... FBI can't find Diaz's body. The good news is Oliver has some cloning technology installed in his Felicity installed in his glove, which he used to clone the drive around Diaz's neck. Uh, and Watson clarifies that Diaz, even though Diaz is missing, it doesn't change their agreement. Um, 
Meanwhile, at the hospital, Quentin is, uh, needs surgery, and Renee's talking to him. Quentin has one request, that is, that Renee not call him a hoss at the funeral. <laughs> Quentin's a little, uh, he's a little down on his chances for survival, even though, you know, he seems okay. <laughs> it's a weird yeah, scene it reminded me a little yeah, bit of that laurel the laurel I was yeah, that, and this family goes out like that right yeah. yeah that hospital that hospital bed has not been kind to that <laughs> to that family uh oliver and quentin have actually a very lovely scene together stephen amell and paul blackborn do a, a nice job going back and forth exchanging compliments and oliver you know finally acknowledges he had a good father uh example in quentin over the last several years uh and that you know any any of his his Good job as a father comes from that. Um, then we have our so many tears scene <laughs> as uh, it turns out that Quentin doesn't survive his surgery. Sarah shows up, which was a nice. I'm really glad to see her. I'm really glad that they fit her in there um, yeah, because it was a little really bit nice shoehorned. Scene. She doesn't really do anything, but but it's, it, it makes yeah. sense for I'm glad that she was there rather than just being hand waved off. She does get a nice little moment with Laurel where they kind of like yeah. he she like lights up when she sees her and then realizes of course it's not her and they have yeah. an exchange like a, are you anything like her and she says not a bit essentially yeah and they have a uh, during the uh sort of the goodfellas montage they have a uh they're both standing over quentin's yes. bed yes body i guess which i thought was interesting it was a nice it was a nice scene yeah um, i did i did want ollie to just get out of the cuffs and hug sarah yeah right <laughs> like he's basically wearing those cuffs voluntarily at that point well yeah exactly <laughs> well i mean so we'll get there so watson shows up at the hospital and oliver lets himself be arrested um i guess at that point yeah there's a little weird ordering thing because sarah shows up and then oliver uh gets himself to be arrested and then the doctor shows up and tells him that quentin died with oliver in the handcuffs um watson takes oliver away oliver's in a nice interrogation room and felicity comes to see him and she's a little peeved um he points out that you know he's going to a supermax and he can't break out because if he does they'll just arrest everybody else and it will cancel the immunity deal lila is putting felicity and william into protective custody until diaz is found um oliver basically you know goes out and hell admits pulls his pulls his tony stark moment and says that he is the green arrow and that roy and tommy were not the green arrow uh, and he doesn't want them to sort of take on that, uh, you know, be accused of those crimes. Uh, Diaz, we briefly see at the end, is still alive. Oliver asks everybody to complete our mission to save our city. And our last shot is him going into prison and Oliver behind bars. Now, I believe I called last week, so I'm going to take I'm going to take credit. You on did. That one. You did. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I but I think I called Diaz surviving to next year. I was surprised about that. But yes, yeah. nicely done. Yeah, I'm surprised, too. In fact, Guy, what did you call? <laughs> I don't know. I, I phoned it in is what I did last week. <laughs> That's what I did. I didn't bother making any stupid conspiracies because <laughs> I knew question was going to die. And that's just yeah, an, an abomination. Yeah. Um, do they let you have a mirror in a maximum security thing? That seems like that could be fashioned <laughs> into a pretty pointy weapon. Oh, yeah, I don't think so. It also okay. seemed like there was a, like, I don't know, I always envisioned the Supermax ones being a little more isolated and not just having, like, the big, you know, Broadway of cells. Seems like a little, I don't know. 
I have no idea. I've never been to a supermax prison. <laughs> Hope never to no. be. No, yeah, no. I would think it's like that too. I mean, why wouldn't it be? No, I just felt like that's you know maybe I thought I felt like it'd be even more secure. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think that's quite. But whatever. Really? Wow, I can't. Believe yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they're they're, mo- <laughs> they're more like they're more closed off instead of those open up opened. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's expensive to build yeah, a prison Superman. set. Yeah. I assume they're using the same one they used on Flash this year. Yeah, right. Oh, right. Really? The, I don't, well, maybe. <laughs> he's in the same cell. How many <laughs> times do you want to build a prison set? <laughs> well, I don't a lot know. of work. It just didn't look the same to me. That's all. But it's I mean, it could be. I think, I think it was lit. I think it was lit brighter. Maybe it's definitely lit brighter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it would make sense. And besides, I, I'm fine with that. It, it was ultimately, it seems like a bit of a stalemate, right? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, the city has been removed and, frankly, given back to the correct powers. Uh, assuming <laughs> they're going to need another mayor. Yeah, the international yeah. government <laughs> That's is the right, correct power. But it's no longer in Diaz's hands, and it's no longer in the hands of uh, vigilantes. Yeah, right. Well, so there's no... They both, they both go in, like, lick their wounds kind of thing. Well, so right? the, yeah, which is interesting, right? Because as you point out, so Diaz has lost all of his resources, for the most part. But he's so, you know... Is this now transmute into some sort of like vengeance quest for him rather than just being about controlling everything? Because he's lost all his people and all his deals and everything. So he's just down to like his own wits and these and the longbow hunters who have, we should note are there is a there's a run in green and green arrow called longbow hunters, which involves a variety of different, I think, what, three, four different assassins. Uh, I've, I've read it, but it's been a while. I only remember that. I only read Wait. the first one. Yeah, do you mean like the uh, like the sort of prestige? Like I think that is the only. I think that is the only yeah. time they appear. Which is Shadow, Shadow's the original one, right? Shadow is yeah, one Shadow's of them. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they do stuff in there that I. So it was, I want to say, late eighties, eighty six or something yes. kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, it was after. Well, I think it was after Dark Knight. It was after Dark Knight where they yeah. start edging everybody to be like darker. So it would have been it would have been like eighty eight probably. Yeah, somewhere around there. And they have um, like he's shooting arrows through people for like the first time, basically. Yeah, in, yeah. In comics, and uh, one thing that I really does not hold up well today is they basically have uh, I don't know if she gets raped, but Black Canary gets uh, yeah, I think struck up might... and like assaulted with a knife kind of thing. It's yeah. It's yeah, it's, it's t- typical, sadly typical of that period. <laughs> yeah, so, I shouldn't say it's no good because as it when it came out at the time, I was like, "Wow, I can't believe you can do this in a comic." But so I, was like, I, I will say see. there there appears to be a more recent uh, appearance of them uh, because I'm oh. looking at this uh, particular panel in which they're actually talking to uh, Diggle, who was not in the comics until the show aired. So from a later. I uh, don't know exactly what year this is, but so it's and they're actually run by Richard Dragon, who is a version of Diaz from the comic books. But they include at least two people we've already seen on the show who probably won't return, which are Count Vertigo and Brick. So, oh, yeah. and the other two yeah. members are Killer Moth and Red Dart. Do I either of whom <laughs> I know anything about? I don't know, but I'm here for Killer Moth. Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really. I think they could replace any of those with uh, Sportsmaster. Just <laughs> yeah, throwing that out there. Yeah, we got to write hard for Sportsmaster. Yeah, I mean, yeah. now that we've lost our question, our uh, you know, yeah, yeah. I feel we, like I'm, yeah, that's right. <laughs> ride or die on Sportsmaster. <laughs> yeah, we can we can put all of our wood behind that arrow. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it's uh, actually well, an advanced polymer. Okay. Yeah. Well, what? actually, yeah. Well, what we're actually going to do is put all of our paddle behind that one ping pong ball. <laughs> it's a sports master we're talking about. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's wood, but it's a badminton racket. <laughs> it's interesting that uh, Diaz is the villain that we get for two years, I feel like, because... Until recently, I don't think any of us thought he was a very strong antagonist. Yeah. So I'm interested as to why they chose to keep well, we him always, around. We always knew he was a good actor. Um, yeah. We he's, was like, he's, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I would be interested to hear like a real good, like a like an actual explanation of what happened. My uh, guess, just making it up on the spot, would be that uh, DC movies keep stealing and ruining all of their good characters so why don't they take like a third rate character and try to make him a good character no take, i mean like, but why, nobody, why nobody's I mean, gonna put little Kate, dinky dragon in a in a movie you know what i mean why kate and james that. first and then oh i think which horses midstream i think that's just the pitter patter of the show and it has been since season one yeah season one the, the bad guy was a corruption but for the first half of the series was basically uh quentin <laughs> well and they mentioned yeah. this... and then the police force was well like... but yeah there's like yeah they mentioned also uh, china china way china white yeah is china white yeah right yeah. isn't she in the beginning there yeah she is but she's working for various mobs well and you always get i mean we had tobias church at the beginning of season five before prometheus stepped in i mean there's always tobias, we had uh, brother, brother blood in yeah. season two <laughs> So yeah, exactly. They, they, and his and his gang of never nudes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that there's a different season seven take. I did not see that one. Going. I would really watch the hell out of that. Um, yeah, and so the, Mothman Moth and the never nudes. Yeah, I think I saw them like, open at Coachella back like in the day. Would be on the B side of a Devo record. <laughs> um, they did mention the producers in an interview that they. Basically, you know, the Longbow Hunters are there to tease a little bit next season in the same way that they referenced Damien Dark at the end of season three. So, you know, we've got the idea that maybe Diaz will be around for the first section of the next season and that maybe yeah, the Longbow right. Hunters will be the rest of the season. And they also clarified that the this seems to be based on a later take. So I guess it's from 2014, The Outsiders War, book six. Uh and this says, in addition to the previous main member people, the uh, uh, the Longbow Hunters also include Clock King, <laughs> who is a traditionally a Batman villain, I believe. We've, wait, we've, had we've seen we had Clock him. King. Yeah, we yeah. we had yeah, Clock yeah. King on this show. So I don't. Also, none of these people seem mostly like know. you know people who actually hunt with a longbow. So it seems well, like a thing, bad that's name. The weird thing that I I thought. Well, wait, because I, I always thought that they were. I mean, because Shadow in the comic books is kind of evil, right? Yeah, she's so the, she's got the a, one that we were the one from eighty whatever it was eighty seven yeah. eighty eight that we were referring to was people with longbows that were very good at yeah, longbow right. people to death. This I'm taking it to be that they hunt people with a bow, like they don't use a bow. They oh, I see, I see. So they're hunting people who use longbows. Well, because I'm looking at this page <laughs> that you sent, and yeah. none of them have a bow and arrow. <laughs> they should so. put this on their business card. <laughs> That's wrong. That's just yeah. dumb. We are the longbow um, hunters. Yeah, yeah. 19, but to cl- 1987. 1987. We are here. We are the longbow hunters. But to clarify, we are not people who hunt with longbows, but rather people who hunt people who have longbows. <laughs> I'd like to just point out I have a I have an original pressing of this uh, this run. That, uh... <laughs> look at look at this guy. <laughs> if anybody wants to make an offer, <laughs> I just don't see this. 
so this little squad of Brick and whoever, I mean, we had that last year, right? Like, uh, uh, what's his name? Computer nerd guy. Remember, like, they, they, he had that lineup. There was Brick and there was some other guy that went and attacked. Uh, oh, yeah. He said he's dad in the, uh, in the words there. Yeah. That murmur, like murmur. Like, mm-hmm. how is this, the fact that, like, how is this little squad any different than every other assembled goofball squad that we've had? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, the, the most interesting hint to me that they dropped there is that the the last one was thought to have died in the 50s, right? So mm-hmm. we're clearly dealing with, and they mentioned that the League of Assassins is scared of them. So we're clearly meant to take away from this that there is some superpower, otherworldly yeah. thing going on here. Because I don't think the League of Assassins would be afraid of the Clock King. No. <laughs> we just don't understand clocks in Pandan are bad, okay? Maybe they are scared of Mothman, though. Those those <laughs> killer moth, come on. Those like Give intricate, him uh, intricate uniforms they have. Like you can't can't have a hole in those things. <laughs> Mothman is this uh, the Tick's sidekick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait. Who's the guy that Kill, okay, kill, killer, moth. killer Moth? Killer Moth. Killer Moth. Uh, come on, it's way scarier. Yeah. He's a moth who's a killer. Okay. Also, also though, depending on how, because they they uh, they like to take it and turn it. Um, he might be a guy who kills moths. He might be a guy. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you don't know. He may actually. That's kind of a useful superpower. <laughs> you could make an honest living with that superpower. <laughs> and, and yet he chooses not to. That's what part. That's part yeah. of what's so scary Count, about him. <laughs> Count Vertigo. Count Vertigo. Just a dude who counts how many times he gets dizzy. I mean, you know. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the number of times he's watched Vertigo. Yeah. yeah. Rich, that's, oh, God, that is, that is just the worst. This guy's like, well, I've seen Vertigo seven times. <laughs> Please put me out of my misery. His whole thing is you really have to see it on Laserdisc. His whole thing is about giving a speech about how you learn something and find something new every time you watch it. <laughs> that's, his, that's his mustache twirling villain speech. Richard Dragon. <laughs> just a dragon named Richard. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I still like calling him Little Dicky Dragon. That's my favorite. <laughs> Little Dicky Dragon. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, but so wait, it was that fifties thing that made me think about uh, the original, the the eighties one, because those guys were thought to be gone, right? Like Shadow was some weird throwback. Yeah, I mean the whole thing. I can't the whole the story pr- enough. The whole premise of that is a whole throwback thing, right? Where he ditches his trick arrows and he goes back to just using like standard archery equipment and he's trying to find a serial killer like it's a lot more it's the 80s right so it's gritty and it eschews a lot of the super heroics for something that is a little more down to earth which i think so between this and what is the other one um is it like year one or something what is the what is the one they pull from for year one it's the one that they they pulled from for the premise yeah, year one is where he goes. He's on the island, right, and he exactly. discovers that China White oh. is doing the uh, the drug dealing stuff, and he. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, they. I think they're trying, you know, because this show's roots are in the sort of more quote unquote realistic, you know, vein. I think that sure. maybe some of this is about getting back to the roots of it. So that could be interesting. Maybe I mean I I don't know how about you guys feel, but I I'm going to guess that there's going to be a certain amount of. Uh, uh oz slash prison yeah slash stuff going on next year right <laughs> like he's not getting out in in the first episode that's right. not happening i think they've they've kind of alluded to the fact that they're going to explore that a little bit I, i'm kind of my working theory is that it's going to have to be something like what i believe john suggested last week where he ends up having to work for or with the fbi 
I would think, yeah. Or maybe I like mean, I'm the... gonna guess. I'm gonna guess Diaz comes. I mean, I just you know off the top of my head, Diaz comes back and then they have to get Oliver to come out of retirement. Right, the longbow hunters are too too tough for anybody else to beat, so you got to bring out the big guns. Yeah, but, yeah. I don't know. Interesting, interesting decision. Um, what do you? So basically, Oliver goes around, makes the tour of all the people except for Curtis, who I guess doesn't merit an apology. Uh, <laughs> A little awkward there. <laughs> I'm just going to assume it happened off screen. Um, yeah. But it seems to resolve all of our problems, basically, right? Yeah. Like, this is our this is our capper on... We already had a little bit of a Renee Oliver makeup uh, two weeks ago, I think. So, I mean, it's unclear. I mean, granted, Oliver's gone, right? So it's not like the team... Uh, you know, it's like the question of whether he's going to be working independently. It's he's gone, so the rest of the team is kind of on their own. But I mean, how did you feel about the resolution of those conflicts, John? I'm glad they're over. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's about it. I mean, I, actually... I was ne- I never liked them to begin with, so I didn't need them to be. I just needed them to go away. Yes, I like the resolution of them a lot more than I like the actual things. Like yeah. the uh, like right. like when he when he says to Diana, like the the thing that that uh, the conversation between Diana and him, fine, that was a good conversation, and that would have been great after an episode or two of being upset about this thing, right? But like when he goes to her and says that, uh, um, you know, I want to thank you that it takes a really big person to put aside their bloodlust or vendetta uh i thought that was that was nice and the conversation went pretty well and she took it to heart and uh basically thanked him you know it feels like if you'd just done that sooner it things would have been a lot better right yeah i mean i get that but at the same time i feel like it did need to run its course in the sense of if it turned around honestly an episode later or something would have felt cheap to me in some ways because it seemed like I don't know. It seemed like the, there were big enough problems that they needed some time. I agree that maybe that went on too long, or yeah. uh, possibly got too just, serious. It but was too much. Yeah. I, I mean, mean I, I mean, I, I, I would. I think it was badly handled, and so I would have rather it just go away. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what's that storytelling sort of tropey advice thing? Like you have to chase your hero up a tree, type thing, and then throw stones at him. Uh, just that's how well, I live my it? life. Like, it's like the break from convention, and then like a, you put them in. T- anyway, whatever. It's somebody who knows anything about storytelling, fill in the details on that one. But basically, the the tree that they chased them up was just not interesting. Like it, yeah, right. It was hackneyed, and like it, it wasn't an actual tree. It was like a like a plastic tree that somebody sort of dug up and stuck on the tree. Yeah, make any sense? No, it's it's, it's the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. It's Charlie, yeah. Put them up to Charlie Brown Christmas tree, and everybody that sat around it pretended it like it was like the, the you know the one at thirty rocks. <laughs> well, it's a tricky line to walk, I think, because you know I understand the desire to create conflict. Conflict is drama, therefore you do need to have a certain amount of it. And there, I always get, I always get, I always think harder about the idea of these like the difference between we don't want these people to fight versus oh, we don't like bad. i mean right i mean i think that's a tricky line to walk though right like people I mean, okay so 
I, I there's an emotional I mean, I versus like I'm, I, intellectual. I am, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of doing this way too much, but I mean, I compare it to what's going on in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this year, where the argument between the, the main characters is completely valid and totally understandable. Mm. Yeah, it's substantive too, right? And it's, yes, uh, yeah, I think it, and it it drives a wedge between two characters that uh, love each other. Like, I don't know. I'm yeah, I'm yeah. trying to say it without uh, giving anything too yeah. uh, right, away. Right. But it is it both um, is honest to their characters and Yo Yo and D. You're talking about Yo Yo and D. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, it is. It's. It's honest to their characters, and it is honest to their relationship that this particular thing would pull them apart. Yeah, it, I it I agree with you to a certain extent. I think I think there are interesting um, kernels of questions here in in Arrow that could have been handled better if they had been perhaps anchored a little more. Um, if we had found out, for example, that Oliver had been spying on all of these all of the teammates for since the beginning of the season, for example. Right. Like if it had turned out the beginning of the first episode, that sort of the hook for the season was like somebody's a mole. And Oliver's like, well, the easy, clearly yeah. the only way to do this is to invade everybody's privacy. Like it might have felt like it had more gravitas because everything gets condensed into an episode. Yes. The stakes get yeah, lowered. I, I, I sure. I mean, I think there's right. I mean, you can build it up. You could build up that conflict right. and have it work. They did not do that. I agree. I agree with you on there. I think it's an execution problem more than yes. anything i mean i think Absolute, absolutely having conflict on the team is perfectly fine but i agree that the execution of this needed to be there felt like there were too many balls in the air in the first half of the season um especially with Caden, which James. is funny because that's kind of his speciality is shooting up <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of his one trick well, pony the, show the, the problem the problem was there were all these balls in the air but it was john shooting them and he's terrible <laughs> at bows and arrows so it just couldn't nail them um so yeah looking back over the whole season now that we have i mean i know this isn't like a lot of distance but over the whole season we we have sort of a complete story where where does it go in your rankings oh boy as of seasons yeah boy i don't know i don't know man you're like we're sorry, we've been doing it live. Before we, haven't, we haven't even done. We haven't even done the episode. All right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We'll warm up. I mean, all right. This, this Think about that. Apart. Sorry. Yeah. Think you about like that. Not drama like... on the team. You like drama on the team? <laughs> <laughs> you got some drama. This is drama. I control the live stream. I will do whatever I want. Yeah. It's a drama mean, if you know what I mean. Okay. Um, all right, so all right, fine. Well, mull mull on that for a moment, and we'll we'll talk about the episode as a whole first. Um, what were your? Let's talk about the structure of the episode. I thought oh. it was good, to be honest. The I liked the way it was fight, fight, fight. I liked the um, uh, it, there was a lot of motion in it. There was a lot of kinetic. The the uh, the fights were. Inc- Pretty incredibly well done. Yeah, this is once uh, again James Bamford, who is the stunt. James Bamford. Yep. Yeah, like it, this one seemed to pull out all the stops. It was like long camera shots with like moving cameras and stuff. I don't understand for the life of me why the FBI needed a band of masked heroes at all. <laughs> yeah. They because could have just shown up in the FBI we're army. We're using the same, you know, stunt people over and over yes, again. So. Right. But fine. Anyway, but, but I liked it a lot and I liked. Um, I did like the way that Ollie visited each one of the people and gave a little speech because I, I like these characters and I found that yeah. the interactions these characters were having in this one 
made me it feel was a, good. It was a little obvious, and then it was nice when Felicity, you know, noticed it and yes. called it out. I and agree. then I was like, okay. So yeah. now I'm now I'm all right with it. I kept thinking he was planning something. Feel... Sorry? I kept thinking he was planning something. Like, he's like, oh, he's giving them a subdermal tracker when he shakes their hand oh. or something like that. <laughs> I was uh, going down some weird rabbit hole. I'm like, this so, is... many, so many obvious handshakes. Yeah, it was just weird. It was weird. It but was I liked weird, it. But, but I, think, I liked it. I think, I think, well, some of that's a bit of the directing, too, right? Like, it was always right in the middle of frame like it would it would always square up and he would right. offer his hand and he, like it it was it was a little ham-fisted <laughs> but, uh, uh, thing um but i no i liked it and it actually made me feel good about these characters that i'd invested in there was a reason that i actually kind of enjoy watching the show despite that we make fun of it all the time um and it is these characters and seeing them interact with each other in this kind of way made me feel pretty good about it i liked when um uh wild dog flipped out like he's been dealing with a bit of ptsd mm-hmm. kind of thing i like that he flipped out still did the right thing and uh saved uh <laughs> mulch was workshopping this joke earlier but but he saved uh the, you, you the uh, uh agent terry mc terrified <laughs> terry mc terrified <laughs> saved her yeah and uh i i like that and was and i like the cut where he was basically uh like thousand yard stare and it the, the camera panned around him and it, he was still thousand yard stare at the police station. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I, yeah, I thought, yeah. And the, I, I they, mean, the other, the other they, nice, the other nice character moment for someone that we hadn't been able to appreciate for a while is, um, Anatoly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, is him coming in like, that's the Anatoly that we love. Yes. The guy who came <laughs> My in and name surrendered. Is Anatoly and I'm here to surrender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad he did. Awesome. I'm so glad he didn't die. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, I think he's been he they did him a terrible disservice this season, and that's why one of my major regrets. Yeah, but if they um, took Anatoly and Quentin from us, like yeah, that would have been rough. I mean, Anatoly, Quentin, I'm okay with because he's got another show, and they're kind of not doing anything with him. But don't kill Anatoly. That's just I think I think to to John's point about Anatoly being done a disservice. As much as I disliked what they did with him early in the season, the fact that it gave got us to the point. Of especially the episode where Oliver gets captured, um, I love the interactions with him and Anatoly in that episode, and how through the last three or four episodes, like you know, I've really enjoyed their interactions. And so, if it, I'm kind of okay with the stuff that I hated in the early season because it got it to that point of redeeming his character. But I understand the frustrations as well. Yeah, I, I, it could have happened faster, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that seems to be a common refrain that uh, John, you and I keep coming back to, is that a lot of this, if it had happened sooner, I think we would have been okay with. I, yeah. I think what it, we have a 20... That's that's kind of the problem, six, right? It's a 23 yeah. episodes. Everything does need to get stretched out a bit. And it gets... Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to do 23 episodes, especially of a single plot. And so I think they tried to break right. it up a little bit with the Caden James versus Diaz thing, but it felt weird in the execution because it was very much a bait and switch. It didn't feel like organic, really, yeah. even though they did set it up. If something about it felt forced. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Well, think, you didn't, you I, didn't get to know. You really didn't get to know any of the other bad guys except for Caden James beforehand. And then all of a sudden 
It's like, and then it's like, well, I mean, you already knew Anatoly, but you didn't know the other guys. And then it was like, well, wait, okay, don't who forget is Boots. The, yeah. Mr. Boots. <laughs> Mr. Boots. Yeah. Right. Well, it's, it's, um, it's, and then it's like, who is, you know, who, who is the one who's like screwing over Kane James? And oh, it's this, this one guy. <laughs> it was the one guy we <laughs> didn't guess, really know at all. Like, yeah, who we didn't know at all. I mean, we probably could have guessed because we knew, we knew the, the well, actor it's, it's, and we knew from other shows and we knew he was good. <laughs> right. It's literally, I mean, when I say that it was felt a little forced, I, I feel like I'm in my mind, it's just like, so the force in a, in a, magic tricks is when you like force someone to take a card like that yeah. you've mm-hmm. already yeah. you've already marked right or that you already know and it kind of felt like that right like it felt like yeah, we were being presented this one guy here and mm-hmm. it's like here you go it's gonna be important um and it, it didn't feel you know we've we've talked a little bit not to give spoilers away but like we've talked a little bit about how like agents of shield has handled multiple arcs over the course of a season and i felt like for the most part they've done a much better job of segueing between those things and that's what feels the roughest here in some ways is the transitions between those things Mm -hmm. yeah i and i know that this uh i would like to say controversial but i think that's being generous i know that this is an unwelcome opinion but i do in some ways think that this season suffered for lack of uh flashback Mm. (laughs) if only in that there is Oh wow, that's just an evil guy. Uh, I'm not sure I go that far. Yeah, <laughs> if, if only in that they, they provide some cover and a place to hide, right? Instead of well, that's the problem. I think that's but that's the problem with the flashbacks is it's just like it's a you're just burning film. Yeah, maybe maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's the sin I am familiar with and comfortable with. Yeah, you know, right, for right. With it, and, but, yeah. yeah, you're just you're basically and, and every single time you're just you're retelling whatever the story is, perhaps from the, a different that, angle to really sort of highlight to sort of highlight how the character is going to make a different choice now than he did five years ago on same an choice. island or, or like in, the exact same choice, okay. yeah. the exact same word or the exact same choice. <laughs> Well, one of the interesting things they mentioned in regards to the flashbacks is that there was, I can't remember which interview I read this in now, but there was a mention of, like, they're going to introduce a new storytelling device in Season 7. It was that uh, video you sent around from uh, Stephen Amell yeah, okay. where it looked like it was at the upfront or something. Yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm interested because I don't know what that is, but I, I agree with you that, that yeah. maybe it felt like the flashbacks, if nothing else, provided a sort of framework on which to hang things. Uh, I don't know that I miss them explicitly. At their best, they were good, but it felt like in later seasons, especially, they ended up kind of handcuffed to it. Yeah, uh, at and- their best, they were uh, integral to the show. Sure, right. I think season yeah. probably two, two does it yeah. best. Season yeah, one right. did a pretty great job looking back on it. Although yeah, two. we didn't really yeah. care that much about their missile launcher, really. But but like we didn't know what was happening. We've got this guy. It, yeah. it set up a very compelling yeah. plot. <laughs> turns out turns out they weren't really sure yeah. either. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what was that missile doing? <laughs> yeah. Don't go back yeah. and look into it too closely. <laughs> uh, we've had like there's some con- there's some conflicting stories there. <laughs> yeah. Uh did any so is um Samandra Watson, the new uh, Amanda when? Waller. Oh, hmm. Mm. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't really seem like a thing that it's, it's different. She doesn't seem like as conniving. She seems to be mainly someone who is interested in enforcing the law. Oh, sure. No, I meant in terms of uh, like sort of where John was going last week with like, like the Suicide Squad. The, 
well, yeah, no, giving missions and giving directive and and you know being the tough cookie that maybe, but uh, points Oliver at stuff and lets him wreck it. You not know, like to the, be, the the M to Oliver's yeah, double seven. Not to be too nitpicky about these organizations, but that does feel like in this world much more like something Argus would be doing than the yes. FBI, right? Yes, but not yes. to say they couldn't just be like, now you work at Argus. <laughs> Like, yeah, that would not yeah. be the most implausible thing they've done. No. <laughs> yeah. Although somebody really should investigate the FBI investigating stuff. I think that's <laughs> probably, probably needs to happen. Someone should look into that. Somebody should definitely look into that. Probably a corrupt mayor. Probably. Uh, well, we don't, we don't, we don't have a, there's no, uh, so yeah, there's, there's no mayor in Star City now. Yeah. Yeah. And corrupt ex-mayor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that doctor does not like that family either. <laughs> <laughs> that doctor is my favorite character. I want a spinoff. I want Star- Sterling City General spinoff. Just her. Yeah, she might be mayor now. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the six lines of succession are. <laughs> She's probably yeah, right. She's probably the highest highest well, ranking that's, individual that's in Star City now. Who, if you kill the mayor, you get to become the mayor. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a Klingon ship, and. You know. <laughs> I thought it was a little dumb how um, how fast and loose they played with the whole idea that um, Laurel was Quentin's daughter. I got annoyed by that. There's a well, lot of like, there's a, I mean, he she gets referred to as his daughter a lot in this episode. And, you know, in his reaction, of course, through the whole season has been much like she's his daughter. I don't think I just don't think a person would really. I just don't imagine someone would really think that, but maybe that's me. I mean, uh, in I terms think, of I, Diaz using her as leverage, or in terms of the no, way Quentin... No, just like, you know, in terms of, like, his, uh, Quentin's reaction to the whole thing, and, like, and basically, like, latching onto her so much that... Yeah. It felt My a mom, little overplayed at times, but I also get the yeah. feeling, you know, somebody shows up who looks exactly like your dead kid, that's gonna throw your head for a loop. <laughs> I, I think uh, my headcanon is that and this is partially why I kept wanting him to become the question is I think Quentin is basically half insane at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Like there's none of this stuff is in his wheelhouse. Even the way he talks about the Miracure stuff in this episode, he's like, yeah, my heart just couldn't take that Miracure stuff a couple of years back. And that was season two. Yeah. (laughs) Like, and if his heart couldn't take it, what do you, I mean, his mind must've checked out. Like, you know, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I, that's, I, that's my theory for it. Is that, yeah, you're right, John, but uh, whatever. Like, yeah, okay. He's nuts. Remember right. like, when it seemed super creepy and it seemed like he was abducting her and being like a real. Yes. Yeah, 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 right. That's what I'm, that's kind of that's what I'm saying. I think they overplayed it for sure, but I can understand them trying to establish a relationship between the two of them. That, that was okay. I mean, we also had Laurel flip flopping back and forth constantly in terms of what side she was going to come down on, right? And like, yeah. right. even though it seemed like a foregone conclusion that at the end, she would fall. She would come down at least against Diaz. Yeah. Again, I feel that I think they did a better job, but these people can't help but fail Laurel. Every take, every shot they take at it. Yeah, I kind of liked her ending here. I kind of liked her yeah. being pissed off and blowing yeah. Diaz off the roof, even if it was the bat, the wrong, like sort oh, of strategic yeah, move. I think yeah, that's in character. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 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 It's just, but it, uh, but the, uh, 
You just mean her choices. The, the equivocating that was going on through most of the season, yes. I think, didn't serve her well. Yes, and I, I agree wanted to be introduced to a new version of Laurel that <laughs> maybe equivocated, but did so in a with yeah. some sort of rationale that we were privy to. I think the problem yeah. was they when the way that they introduced her, especially over on the Flash, she was essentially introduced as a you know irredeemable mustache twirling villain yeah, to a certain extent like a one-off killbot that we knew right and so drawing that back and making that more nuanced proved who was her boyfriend and oh she, yeah she, she had a one of like a like one of the villains was her like one of the she other. worked for savitar or something didn't she worked she? for savitar but wasn't she like hooked up with um oh yeah she hooked up with somebody oh i kind of in the very first episode she appears yeah it wasn't was it snart or no, no, no she's actually she's dead. a forcer for zoom she was in season two uh, not not savitar she worked for zoom oh yeah yeah zoom right that's right yeah that's who i was thinking of but, you know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Me I, I, I got I you mixed those i got two you up a little bit <laughs> wow i did not know that oh, okay yeah i, I really did think it was savitar in fact i thought she appeared in the nazi episodes so Oh no, that's a different version. That's yet another yeah. one because we have Siren, yeah. Black oh. Siren X. Yeah, yeah you're so. right. There's a mention in there about uh, she's due to her father and boyfriend's death. Yeah. I don't anyway, like I was saying, that. I'm sure Quentin is going insane because <laughs> I can't keep track of this, and I have no personal interest in, in this and who that person is. So. <laughs> oh, uh, her the, boyfriend, guys, guys. Her boyfriend yeah. was Oliver. But he died on the Queen's Gambit. That's what it was. Oh. Uh, oh, well, really? Well, I yes, thought, that, I thought she had I'm, a villain. Oh, maybe I'm thinking. Oh, well, at least, I'm sorry. Thinking of, in her, I'm thinking, oh, I'm thinking of, um, I'm thinking of uh, Killer Frost. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So uh, she also worked with, I guess she was associated with or worked with Killer Frost and Reverb. The bad, bad uh, Cisco. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. But yeah, apparently I had forgotten that her boy, her background is similar up to a point, except that Robert survives in Earth Two instead of Oliver. Oh, and he becomes a Green Arrow, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm reading the the uh, Arrow Wiki, which I usually, you know, I check to supplement stuff. But I love the fact that her biography they describe her early life. They talk about that. <laughs> this is a very judgmental phrase. The last sentence in her early life section says, "Over the years." Apparently, Laurel never got a real job or any sort of degree. <laughs> well, man, wiki writer, that's a little harsh. <laughs> really? <laughs> what are you? What are you? Her mom? <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> Jeez, I'm not going to go off on a, on a wiki wiki writer. <laughs> I could. I really, really could, but I'm not going to do it. Um, the um, the thing that I'm th- I was thinking one thing I was thinking in this episode uh, about ho- looking forward to next season is I hope William gets other um, things to do than stand around and ask why. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's the new Green Arrow, right? Clearly, <laughs> it's just well, I I hope he gets something. I mean, because this like why do you have to go to jail? I mean, why do you have to be the Green Arrow? He why seems, do you have to not be the Green Arrow? I, I like yeah. He seems again. I think they've he has, struggled. He has some fine moments, but like he has too many of those. I think. Yeah, I agree with you. They've struggled a little bit too in writing him of the right age. Yeah, because he's clearly too old, as we've discussed before. Yes, and, um... he's, he's, he's Jason Priestley <laughs> in Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero age. Um, but he's clearly like 
he seems a lot more childlike than adolescent, which yeah, is right. kind of a tricky. Yeah. I mean, well, I think there's he's supposed to be ten, but he looks like he's, he's no, 15. he's clearly in his early yeah. teens. Yes. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. They, that's they, that's they, tricky. I think they, 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 need they, to... they either miscast him. You know, like they, they had, I mean, not not that the the actor is bad. I don't think the actor is bad, but I just mean like he's too old. Yeah. It, he hit a growth spurt at the wrong time, I think. So yeah, maybe. Do we, do we think, and it's it obviously very unlikely that it would be related to the the physical appearance of this guy, but uh, do we think that season seven is going to jump forward a few years or sometime? No, I, I think they said specifically. They said they said that they're not. S- yeah, six. Oh months. really? Oh okay. Six oh, months. Six months. Sorry, okay, yeah. so the, Sorry if that's the, the off the off season, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so six months, six months or so. Man, he's already been in 22 episodes as this. Wow, impressive. Sorry, I was looking up how many times he's appeared that's in the show. That's 22 already. Like a, it's like a season's like worth. A legit, you know, cast member. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Sorry, of course he's a legit cast member, but you know what I mean? Like, a, he seems like a. a he seems to be deployed like seasoning to the sauce rather than like a an integral part of many of the stories, right? Yeah. I, and it's tough too, because you don't want to necessarily, I mean, how much do you want to put on him as a character? This, you come into the same problems that you started to have with like, uh, Quentin in later seasons too, right? It's just like, yeah. What how close is he into the main story? Like, do we don't have to have necessarily side stories that are just about all of her struggling with normal parental stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, that seems yeah. off but book he, for he, them. He, but he is a child actor. You can just use him up and spit him out and find a new one, right? Not... <laughs> In fact, I'm not even sure. Is he the first actor to have played William? Oh, God. I don't know. Oh, man, if I've made that joke, then that's the case. I'm I bet mad. not. I bet there's been... I thought we had a younger version at some point. Sure we did. Uh, you know, the uh, Arrowverse, <laughs> the Arrowverse Ricky, always a good option. Uh, I think yeah, apparently he may be the only one. Um, wow, really? Yeah, I only see him credited. I don't see any other. That kid's been around though. He was in Flash too. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Like, if it, he was my in Flash as somebody as somebody else. No, I don't think so. He yeah. was. He was uh, well, briefly. I, I think he's been in a lot of shows. That, like, if you look him up on IMDb, which I did a while ago, so bear with me on this. I think he's been in a lot of shows that film in Vancouver. I think he's Vancouver native, and he he's getting a lot of work as a child actor there. Yeah, I, he was appeared in the Minority Report TV series. He appeared in one episode of The Flash as young boy, though I'm not sure if that's an episode that he appears as <laughs> William or not. Uh, and he appears in one episode of Supernatural. In addition also to Vancouver, and with yes, the same, yes, yeah. agreed. Um, but I think he may okay, be so William maybe that's why episode. I got it. But yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, so I think he is the only person to have played that. It's surprising a little bit, but I mean, again, they've had him for several years now, and he's clearly at that age that's a little awkward in terms of he grew up a lot faster than the character grew up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I had never had his hit in my life. I turned from an <laughs> adorably cute young boy into a strapping young man in no time at all. It's like an overnight thing. Yeah, he's he's five feet four inches tall. He's two. And he's too tall to be a 10 year old. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're just going to need to retcon that at some point. Yeah, <laughs> they should have Barry run real fast. <laughs> well, I mean, 
you know what? Maybe it just, and all of a sudden, William is a couple of years older. Barry <laughs> just runs in a circle backwards around him, and he's, you know, speed versus time, Superman. So yeah, because the wiki, maybe the wiki pegs his conception, not his birth, which is a little weird. Wiki writers, sorry, I'm going off on the wiki writers this week. Uh, but they <laughs> well, say that's William, what we know, right? William was conceived in 2007, so he's no more than 11 years old, right? Yeah. Which is a little tricky because he's yeah, definitely not eleven. Right. We've got our book club yeah. in the uh, he's in the forty three. The actor is forty three. <laughs> forty three. Yeah, <laughs> it could be genetic though because uh, Thea Queen is also <laughs> does not yeah, make any sense. She has many many. <laughs> she aged very quickly, right? She's all over the map. It does... She was she one minute she was way too young to be drinking, and the next minute she's, she's running, running a bar. A bar. <laughs> yeah. She's run- She's banging her boyfriend in the back of a bar <laughs> while getting very, very drunk. So I don't know. We've all uh, been there. Love the place. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Some of us not when we were 13, though. That's, you know, uh, time. Um, all right. So let's do the uh, let's ritual it up here. <laughs> Since we sabotaged you the last time. Uh, I think the episode's a, a bit. I, I think I would be. A miss to call it anything, but a, but a bit. Uh, I think they landed a season that seemed a little bit rocky in the middle, early middle part of it. Uh, whatever, late middle part after Christmas, after the holidays, seemed rocky. Uh, but I think they landed it pretty well and sort of wrapped up some situations that I was either uncomfortable with or I just didn't. I, I didn't. I couldn't invest in for the number of weeks I was asked. To, to invest in them for, but I think they did it in a, in a satisfactory way. And I'm actually sort of looking forward to season seven now, like uh, especially with the change of showrunner. So I think this episode did its job. John? If. I agree. Yeah, I basically, I mean, I pretty much agree with everything because um, it was a, yeah, like it was a rocky season, um, but not my least favorite, I don't think necessarily. Um, yeah. And, uh, this this I I liked the I like the ending, um and I and I kind of like the fact that they they pulled a like, you know he didn't kill the the bad the bad guy he yeah um it was a draw sort of yeah right <laughs> but but they they still kind of had a, they still kind of uh, had a win yeah I, I I agree with both of you that this episode is it's very solid um I think it's it's well constructed it's definitely a bit for me. And it's uh, it's a fitting end to this season. It definitely was rocky, as you guys have already mentioned. Uh, it sagged a bit in the middle. We had some confusion about the villains up front. There are some weird narrative cul-de-sacs, like you know Diggs' uh, steroid problem, and and a lot of other just things that didn't quite land right uh, throughout the season and felt a little questionable. But I think they tied some stuff together at the end and they, they ended on a pretty good run of episodes. I mean, I think the last five or six episodes were pretty solid. We, we liked most of them. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we've certainly been handing out a lot of bears, right? Which, you know, I think originally intended, we were like a bear was meant to be like sort of an emphatic, uh, you know, rating like this this is amazing but uh you know the past five they've been building and i think a lot of the uh it's like almost like stock prices right like some of the 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 future value is built into the rating that you give the current one yeah yeah uh and uh i don't know i it, it built and it was a pretty satisfactory ending i 
the fact that he didn't murder Diaz is good. I didn't. I I did have uh, that, that final fight was pretty great uh, and um, worthy of sort of the James Bamford like the the action directing kind of thing going back mm-hmm. uh, going uh, going back to what we were saying earlier of the show. But I did not understand why Ali closed the distance. Like he, as I learned from uh, Revenge of the Sith, he had the high ground. <laughs> so, you were the gentleman. I don't like he, he was shooting. He could just turn him into a pincushion, but he didn't. And and I, I maybe after it was because he wanted to get close and use the. Uh, I think that's what it was. He wanted to clone the drive. Still doesn't make a lot of sense. Like I never understand that's fine. why Ali. I'm okay. I don't understand. Like, I missed. Closer. I missed like, that whole thing. He should never close distance, right? He should just take people out at that range whenever he can. I missed the whole drive cloning thing. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I wondered about because. That. Well, I wondered about because there was a clo- there was a when they're grappling, there's a close shot of Oliver looking at the necklace, and okay. I, I kind of until he reveals to. Yes, uh, I agree. Same for me. I was like, why does yeah. he care about that? Why are we? Why are we seeing this? And then later on, when he reveals that they had the sn- the cloner or whatever installed, he needs to get close enough. Fine. Okay, at that point it makes sense, but I agree with you, guy. I mean, basically, the end of season two is the is the example for how to take out somebody without killing them, right? He beats Slade up, and then he like basically ties him to a pillar with like steel cables. Yeah. If you can do that, you can do. If you can do it to Slade Wilson, you can do it to pretty much anybody. <laughs> well, I mean, I get. I mean, I kind of get Damian Dark maybe because sure, magic. He's more powerful. I mean, in a lot of ways, he's more powerful. But like, but, uh, you could have just tied this guy up. I felt like, and then yes, and then cloned guy. his drive or taken his drive. Well, also, I you mean, know. the defeat of Damien Dark was basically, if I understand it at all, which I <laughs> basically don't. Yeah, but yeah. it was the the uh, the power of the crowd believing in Ollie gave him the strength to uh, combat Damien Dark's control or people fearing him or something. Let's and not anyway, rehash the end of season four. My, yeah, my, really, yeah, my, yeah. my take on it was that he had an upper hand that, that was tenuous, right? Sure. And and a and he probably also wanted to kill him, so he killed him. Like I, I didn't get the sense that people would love Ali forever, and therefore he would always be imbued with this magic power that we have never seen since. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So the thing that. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know where to go with that, yes, especially, okay, especially yeah. because, I mean, yeah. you know, you de- basically killed off a character who then persisted as a bad guy in a whole different show. And really well, really well. I really enjoy, enjoyed him there. Right, so. right. <laughs> We're not com- exactly, but. Uh, yeah. But what I was going to say. The, the most empowering death since uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi bit the dust. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say that I think is interesting coming out of the season and looking ahead to season seven is not just the Oliver being in jail part, but the fact that Oliver cops to being the green, green arrow and you any sort of backtracking on that would feel like a cop out to me at that point. Um, oh, you can't. You can't walk that of, back. Of the people that have stuck with you for seven years. Not only that, I think it it is a leap off a cliff narratively that you would be sort of cowardly to back out of. Right? It's the kick in the pants you probably need when you're going into your seventh season, right? Like, yes, but it's also the first season of a new set of people. Yeah, exactly. So that's I'm, exactly uh, my point. Is that like yeah. it's the first season of a new set of people? But the show, I mean, the showrunners have also changed before, so this is not the first time that we've changed showrunners. Uh, but it is the first time. You know, it is six seasons into a show where. 
you know, you have a lot of baggage and you have a lot of history. And so throwing that sort of curveball in there, I think, is nice to change up things a little bit. It also raises the question of things like, you know, Oliver is very insistent that he is the only person who is the Green Arrow. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, we leave the season with Dig having his, you know, mm-hmm. like kind of looking at the suit that Oliver gave him. So right. if the Green Arrow shows up again while Oliver's in prison, I mean, A, it kind of just undoes a lot of what Oliver says. And B, I feel like the suspect list would be very short. <laughs> Like you're, <laughs> uh, who could be in this costume of all the other people that we kind of know who are connected like certainly the fbi would know absolutely 100 percent uh and it yeah. seems like most of also the people he in works the city for the government now which is a little bit awkward right right so and he's opening a briefcase in what i have to believe is a very secure environment <laughs> that probably has a whole crap load of cameras yeah really like who lets okay this doesn't make sense but who lets somebody walk in with a giant honking briefcase into a super secure environment and doesn't look inside the briefcase? <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> I mean, no. let's put it this no, way. Let's put it this way. There are a huge quantity of FBI agents who now know the identities of every single person on that team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, so I think, I, I think Renee's tapped out, to be honest. I think he's done. I don't know. Because I love the actor, mm. but, it, but but between his yeah, shell shockiness, the fact that Ollie's in jail and there's no like, I don't think he feels obliged to help him anymore. Uh, and his daughter, I think he made. I, I, I would disagree. I would say that I think that makes sense. For, that's makes sense from the arc of the character over the season. But I don't think that's what happen. I kind of am hoping is that maybe yeah. he takes on a different, if not persona, maybe slightly revamps his character. I would like to see a version of Renee that is less like murdery yes <laughs> exactly yeah sports master is a good guy there you go <laughs> it got it had to happen had to happen and for the second run of our t-shirts we need a sports master t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> we really gotta get that one we definitely need to do <laughs> yeah we need to do the other one too but it right. just keeps... we have so many we have we have so many great t-shirt ideas it really yeah. this is a this is a um this is a, t- a t-shirt, t-shirt podcast that is thinly podcast. wrapped around about yeah. i mean we t-shirt. would be making a mint off of this but all of our bank mm-hmm. accounts are just full we've got no we're more doing it for, for but we're doing it for love not for the money so. exactly so true <laughs> uh all right as we're wrapping up here does anybody do you either of you come to a conclusion about your overall season where you would put this yeah, let's stack wreck these guys. Ugh, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can do that. I mean, it's not Star Wars. Not, I, some of them, Come some on. of them, I haven't rewatched. So, John, this is not a court of law. We're not. Well, it's not yeah, strictly. I, you're you know not what? being held to anything. This is a court of I law. Is. This, this is a court of law that you would see on Arrow. So <laughs> feel free to sort of you know fudge the details a bit, and if you want. Halfway through your, your stack ranking, you can have a superhero dive through the ceiling. All right, I'll go. I know. Okay, go. Uh, I feel like we should have written these down and then revealed them. All right. But, I mean, like, that would here's, my, here's my overall show. ordering. Two, season two at the top. Season one. Season five. Season four. Hmm. Season six, season three. That's where I'm going with. Wow. Who who was the bad guy in season three? Uh, that was Rachel Gould in the League of, League of Assassins, uh, the League of Snoozes, the League of Terrible 
terribleness. <laughs> the bad guy in season four was lasagna, and the hero was Garfield. <laughs> she just every every episode began with Mondays. I hate Mondays. I'm not sure I can argue with that with that ranking, but it's it's it's. Let me tell you what. First, certainly, it the, is bulletproof. The first, the first three are, are unimpeachable. I think. Yeah. Two. Wait. So wait. What? Two one. Yes, they're unimpeachable. What were they? <laughs> well, two and two and one definitely. What was your third one? My third one was five, which I know you had problems with, but I think it's the strongest oh, so maybe, of the rest no, of them. Yeah. No, that's that's in that's impeachable. Impeachable or unimpeachable? I think you can at least make an argument against that. Um, you can make a peach out of this. A peach cobbler. Two and two and one are, I think, are are right on. Yeah. So two one. And then a whole uh, bunch of seasons you don't care as much about. And then no, 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 no. I think, I think, I think everybody can agree that three's at the bottom, right? John seems like he was wavering about that, oh, but no, I, I, like I said, I haven't, I haven't watched that one in a while, so I, I, I don't think I don't there's. Remember, a, I'm yeah, not sure I mean, there's a reason I to. Remember, it's it's a precipitous drop off of. Um, okay, how about this? This two, sure, and you and you guys laughed at me when I introduced this rating system. How about we rate seasons based on our actual rating system? Are they a Biff? Mm-hmm. Are they an Alex? Or are they a John oh, wow. Junior? Oh, and if you can't remember them, you can just put them as a John Jr. See the brilliance of this plan? It's actually pretty good. That's, uh, yeah, brilliance by a certain definition. Um, <laughs> man. <laughs> Biff, All right. Biff, Biff. <laughs> Wait, okay. I don't even know what's happening right now. Well, that's yeah, one. Okay, one okay. okay. I feel like we made like John choose between children or something like that. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's I just I don't feel like I have enough information. It's the opposite of that. I've only seen most I mean, of them once. I only have the one kid. I only have the one kid, so I know who my favorite is. Um, but <laughs> he's also, but your, two, he's also I your know least... who my favorite was because I spent so much time with them. <laughs> John, let me just point out he's your favorite, but he's also your least favorite. <laughs> also true. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. Do you want me to go? Yeah. Okay, forget it. You're yeah, useless. I'll go. Uh, <laughs> already here. Season one is a Biff. Season two is a Biff. Uh, season three is an Alex. Season four is uh, it's an Alex. Oof. Uh, Oof. Season five is a John Jr. And season six is a John Jr. Oh. oh. See, I feel like you are. I, I think not, you're too harsh. I think you're too harsh, and I think. Yeah, I think. No, I think. I think he's. I don't think he's too harsh in general. I think my average would be the same, but my my pick between Alex's and and uh, John Junior's would be different. Yeah. Okay. The Biffs are the same. Yeah, I mean the Biffs are really hard to yeah. argue because I didn't. I didn't. I didn't like last season very much, and I didn't like this season. I didn't like a lot of this season. Um, but I don't know, there's a bunch I like. Wait, too, you're being a little negative like because you, you liked really it liked up until the holiday, half. right? I really like the first half. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and the second half, it it's it's just like, like the, it's the beginning of the second half. But I don't think you felt the joy. I don't think you felt as uh that it was picking up as much as uh, Dan and I did as we came into the final stretch. Well, the last I think the last few have been good. Um. Okay. But the but before that maybe you guys you guys thought it was getting better before I did. Yeah. Okay. I I just want to put myself out there as the only one brave enough to actually rank seasons. <laughs> oh my god. 
Really? It's not okay. great. I just I don't remember. <laughs> I remember how I felt. That's the thing. It's, like, it's not remember who the villains were. I'm going to be fair. Like it's not necessarily okay, that two. I think those seasons are amazingly like the best, but like at the same time, I remember how I felt at the end of each of those seasons, and I'm kind of just channeling that. Yeah, and I remember, I remember not liking Rachel Gould at all. I mean, like I think he's it's a very terrible it's a terrible representation of him, particularly because he's a, he's a pretty good villain. Um, however, I don't feel, I don't think I'm quite as down on that season as you guys are. They do crappy things with the Felicity too, but don't worry if we stick to this long enough, we'll end up recapping it <laughs> every five, every five years uh, up until oh. we die. Yeah, exactly. Now, how do you feel? About season three? Pretty bad. We already did um, half of it. We, we started the show halfway through that season. Yeah, it's because we right. really enjoyed the two bits that we had. Anyway, so you want a ranking, Dan? Uh, I do, guys. Season please. season two, season one, season five, season six, season four, season three. Okay, so you and I are close, but we've swapped five and four. Okay, very close. That's fine. Yeah. I'm I'm on board with that. I can I can totally see where you're coming from on that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump off the uh, bridge into the water, and uh, I'll give you my rankings next year. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, that's fair. He's, he's the only guy that ever won the Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> <laughs> Just did it by blowing up his own ship, and everyone's like, "Well, I mean, technically, I guess <laughs> you can do yeah. that. Technically, you are not responsible." I was. For that, I mean uh, that. Yeah, it's completely ineffectual, but you, you know, I guess it avoids. The Klingons, yeah, and you didn't see the, the good people. So did be- I did better than Michael Burnham. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, any last thoughts as we wrap up our talk about season six? I had a lot of fun, and I'm actually kind of looking forward to seeing what season seven holds. And if you'd asked me that three, four weeks ago, uh, I would not have been. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, just, like, I'm glad I, there's going to be another showrunner. I hope it takes a little bit of a turn. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have been like, uh, I guess we're going to do that. But I'm actually kind of looking forward. No, thank God for that, at least. I mean, yeah. if the show, if they've done nothing else for us on Arrow this season, they've ensured the continuation of our show. Our well, show has also been renewed. We would have done, done it anyway, because we're, we're like, uh, we're like monks. We'll just keep, monks we'll just like keep doing the show. Yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. we're whipping our own backs. With like, uh, great, great, great slash terrible news, guys. Our show has been renewed as well. We, <laughs> we, have, a, we have a rich uh, collection of fanfic that we've written. That um, <laughs> yeah, We've really invested a lot. T-shirt sales. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, that's that, too though, lucrative. That's too potentially lucrative for, for us to give up. Pertinent to that, and and I, probably our show, uh, Arrow has moved to Monday evening. Yes. Nine, which means we will probably record at a particular time much earlier than and uh, end up with more time. We have. It coming out on a Thursday, by the time we've all watched it, it's sometime over the weekend, which means the best we can do is record on a Monday evening. Which is already quite late, and by the time we get done, yeah. it's Tuesday, and you know it's it's obviously laggy. It's almost time for the next show at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And in, in fact, a, in a few cases, us, it has been. Yeah, yeah. If one of us is traveling, we end up either like basically putting the show out the day the you know is the, the, the actual one is there. episode comes out. So that's no. Good. But you know, it should be better next year. Yeah, fingers crossed <laughs> for that. <laughs> which is what I've what I've said. Everybody next like, next season every, of the show will definitely be a biff. Yeah, every everybody close to me in my life has heard that speech at least once. <laughs> It'll be better next year. 
Thanks, thanks, Ollie. I've, I've shuffled a few minor cards here and there. I did a po- I spent five years in podcast hell, <laughs> but it's going to be a huge difference. Well, I, I'm certainly glad to hear that. As I'm sure are all of our readers. Uh, as we draw this season to a close, I would like to thank my intrepid and loyal team, Guy English. Thank you so much for going through season six of Arrow. I. You know what? You're most welcome for the sponsors that I dragged <laughs> into this. I hope they come back next year. Rolling in money. Yeah, yeah. I, hope, I hope they decide it's a worthwhile investment. Yeah. Well, maybe uh, if we do season two. <laughs> John Moltz, thank you for joining us on this, on this incredible journey. The, the real friends were the, uh, the arrows we made along the way or something. I don't know. <laughs> the real friends were the friends that we bugged along the way. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. mean, you mean annoyed? Do you mean know. surveilled? I mean, it's unclear. Well, it, you know, whatever works for you. <laughs> well, uh, thank you all out there for reading along with us in this season. Uh, and we will see you again next fall. Go team Blue Arrow. Jason Snell is heckling us in the chat room and saying they're not readers, they're listeners, to which we should point out he doesn't listen to the show regularly enough to yeah, know really, that we yeah. these are that laborious is. transcripts. Re- re- please refer to our collected works, Jason. Yeah. This, yeah. Don't jump in and t- oh, school man. us on our running jokes, please, especially when they're that dumb. Oh, my God. Oh, man. This this explains why we're still on the air, by the way. Is it <laughs> There's Jason no oversight. How stupid there, we've made this there is, there is zero no oversight idea, on this no show. idea what was going on. <laughs> Jason wants to know, who is Biff again? Oh, no. <laughs> He's on season four, which means he is in prime Biff location there. This is oh. why we don't do this live, Dan. We try to sneak this under the radar. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. Like a, like a plane flying into Lee and you. <laughs>